Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 249 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is the author of the Vanilla JS Pocket Guide series, creator of the Vanilla JS Academy training program, and host of the Vanilla JS podcast. He's created JavaScript plugins that have been used by organizations such as Apple and the Harvard Business School. He also publishes a developer tips newsletter, which is read by more than 8,000 developers every weekday. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Chris Ferdinandi. Thanks, Phil. I'm uh, I'm really glad to be here. So, Chris, I'd I'd like to really understand how you got into sort of JavaScript in particular. Why did you choose that particular area within development? The full backstory is I had a first career in human resources and kind of bumbled my way into web development by chance, which we can dig into if you want or glaze over if you prefer. But um, <laughs> in in the course of trying to find work, um, everywhere I looked was looking for JavaScript experience. And I yep. um, it was one of those, I really wanted to, um, for completely superficial reasons, be a designer because I just, for some reason, like when I looked at kind of the archetypal typal stereotype of a designer. I'm like, that's who I want to be. But it turned out to be one of those things where like, I really appreciate good design and I'm absolutely terrible at it. Um, <laughs> and I found the, like the craft of actual like development a lot more um, exciting to do. But so I was kind of in this weird middle place where I knew HTML and CSS, but I didn't really know JavaScript. And I just kept bombing these interviews when they'd start asking JS questions. I honestly, I started learning JavaScript just out of, um, out of necessity. Like I wanted to break into this profession. I was self-taught. I had a real strong case of um, imposter syndrome because I didn't have a computer science degree and did not at the time realize that a lot of front-end developers don't. Um, yeah. I thought just everybody did and I was the only one who didn't. And so it was kind of a, an attempt to both get a job and maybe feel more like a quote, real developer. And uh, it became one of those things where I was really afraid of it. And then once I started really getting into it and things kind of clicked, it became a really exciting part of the development process that uh, I love so much. I've, I've just gone head on into it now. Right. Okay. Chris, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not know and perhaps should? The most important thing I've ever done in my career, I guess there are technically two of them. So the first is meeting as many people as you can. Whether you're early in your career and you're just trying to break into the space or you're a little bit later in your career and you're trying to figure out what you're doing next, networking is such a like super important part of the process. One of the things I learned from my original job in human resources was that because of how internal HR processes work, by the time a job description actually gets posted publicly on the website, that can take quite a while from when a, like a hiring manager actually starts thinking that they need another person. Sometimes it can take months. And so what that hiring manager wants is by the time they actually get this thing approved, they want to be able to close that rollout as quickly as possible because they've been waiting for one, two, three months. 
So yeah. they'll start looking for people within their network of folks they know well before a job ever gets made public. And they usually do that by telling their employees, asking people they know. If you interact with a lot of folks and you do a lot of networking, you can oftentimes find out about roles that aren't public knowledge yet. And sometimes by the time those roles actually hit the public, they already have like two or three people that are like down to their final list decided. It's also a really great way to help figure out what it is you actually do and don't want to do. So like networking at formal networking events is really awkward, especially if you're um, like someone who's socially awkward like me or a little bit of an introvert. But one of the things that's worked really well for me is reaching out to people that I admire on the interwebs and asking them if I can just chat with them for 15 minutes. Um, if they live near me, I well, pre-coronavirus, I would ask if they wanted to grab coffee. Um, these yep. days, it's more like you know Skype or Zoom or Google Hangouts or something. But um, usually, it's just the like, hey, can I, you know, can I have just fifteen minutes to learn a little bit more about what you do? And in those conversations, I never say, hey, I'm looking for work. That's not how you want to approach it. It's more, you know, can you tell me a little bit more about um, like what a day in the life for your job is like? What's the most important thing someone who does your job should know? And how do you see your role changing in the next few years? And at the end of it, I would often ask people, especially when I was in like career hunter mode, you know, is there anyone else you think might be worth me talking to? And a lot of times people will give you a couple names of other folks or in, make some introductions for you. That is how I kind of officially broke into the industry. I just talked to a ton of people until eventually someone was like, oh, hey, you know, you kind of casually mentioned you're looking um, in the process of this conversation. Um, you don't say, do you have a job for me? You just mentioned like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm looking for work and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, eventually it takes time. But, um, you know, you have someone who reaches out like, oh, we have this opening. I think you might be good for it. Do you want to come in and talk? Yes. Yeah. And so this is for me, that that is the number one thing. Even now, like as a, a senior developer, just chatting with as many people as possible on a fairly regular basis. Similarly, sharing as much of what you know as possible with other people is also really helpful. It opens up a lot of those conversations naturally for you. So um, I really strongly recommend kind of starting a blog if you're comfortable doing that or a podcast or whatever kind of fits your way of communicating, but can be a useful thing to do as well. Exactly. Yeah, very true. Um, so Chris, can we maybe delve into your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience? Yes, absolutely. So I looked for my first developer job for over two years. I'd been an HR guy in a tech company doing um, kind of web developy stuff, like kind of on the side. Um, and I became known within that company's HR space as the HR guy who knows tech. And so I spent like six, eight months looking just internally because I, I liked the company. I liked the culture. I wanted to stay there. And it just didn't play out. So then I started doing, um, I'll did, the long story short is the company ended up using a lot of like external agencies and stuff to do their actual web development work. Uh, most of the internal developers were more backend software engineer types. So I started looking externally and that took a long time. I mentioned I kept bombing the, the JavaScript interviews. One of the things I had really wanted in a role was the ability to work at least partially remote because I had been doing that already in my HR job. And the first job I ultimately ended up kind of getting accepted for and taking like my first real quote unquote job in IT, it was like a 40 minute commute 
when I went in for the interviews without traffic, but um, it was a really busy stretch of road. And so it ended up being like an hour and a half one way, you know, during normal working hours. So like three hours in the car every day. And I knew it was going to be kind of a bad commute. So during the interview process, I made sure I asked about remote work. And what I was told at the time was, you know, we can't do that at first, but it's something we can talk about once you get settled. And naive me, eager to kind of break into the space, I took, we can talk about it once you get settled as we can move you into remote work once you get settled. And it literally meant we can talk about it, not like <laughs> we'll actually entertain it. So yep. after like a month and a half, I got settled into the role. I asked about it. Oh, no, no, not yet. Not yet. Another month goes by. No, no, not yet. Not yet. And so finally by the third month, you know, I got told not yet again. And I was like, okay, well, so if not yet, when, like, when can we actually talk about this? And the response I got back from my manager at this place was, um, you know, well, remote work just really isn't something we do here. And it's like, well, so apparently the answer was never, we can talk about it. It's we're not going to let you do it. So, um, then like literally three days later, the director of the department in an all hands said something to the effect of the expectation is they had some people who were like showing up late or leaving early. And so they were like, the expectation is you're going to be in the office every day. I think it was like during a really bad winter. So there was like a lot of storms or something. And that was the moment I knew I had made a, a really bad mistake and that this just wasn't going to work out for me. I had only been there, I think like four months, but the next week I got contacted by a recruiter friend of mine from a past life in HR asking if I knew anybody who might be a good fit for a developer role at the company that um, I work at now. And I just kind of jumped at it and got out of there right quick. So um, yeah. yeah, the, the, I guess the, if there was a takeaway from this, it's, you know, there are definitely going to be times where you have to make trade-offs for your first or second job in this industry. Like there are certain things you're going to have to give on your, no job is perfect. There's always going to be trade-offs, but it's sometimes like, it's really important to pay really close attention to what hiring managers are telling you during the interview process. And like, this is going to sound really bad, but you shouldn't assume that like they're always on your side or because they imply something like that doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. If it's really important, make sure you get it in writing. Like, I don't know, just kind of standard legalese kind of nonsense yes. applies here, I guess. But yeah. that was a really frustrating thing for me. Like that made me feel really like I loved everything else about that company and that job. But that one big thing ruined the whole thing for me. And some of you may have long commutes. I am not meant to spend three hours in a car every day. It just like, it just totally did me and it broke me. I could not handle it after having worked from home for like three years before that. Yeah, no, that's tough. I think you're right. I think the, the takeaway, as you say, is is making sure that you have clarity and, and confirmation of what, it, what will happen and what won't. So things like where we can discuss that later where it's sort of you know it's an open-ended commitment isn't it? it it doesn't really mean anything yeah and it's really easy to like like you say something and someone says something about you assume they mean the same thing you do but you know we can talk about that is not we can do that and i just in my eagerness to kind of break into the space just didn't take the time to really listen to what we were talking about so that's that i mean that's it's kind of on me um but um I'm a lot more cautious about that sort of thing now. Sure. Yes. Okay. So moving away from your worst moment, can you tell us about your career highlight to date? Yeah. I actually struggled a lot kind of thinking about this question for a couple of reasons. 
there's been a lot of like really interesting things that have happened to me in my career. And several of them have been really meaningful for different reasons. So the moment where I really felt like I made it, uh, like in this industry, um, last year, I had the opportunity to speak at Artifact Conference in Austin, Texas. And that was really significant to me because Artifact was the first web developer conference I ever attended. And it's also where I met I met the person who ended up hiring me for my first job or getting me in touch with the person who hired me through networking for my first job as a web developer. And so to go from, I was here, not even in the industry yet learning to I'm on stage teaching other people was like a really big thing for me. Um, You know, I'm at the speaker dinner with all these speakers that I have spent my entire career looking up to as people that I learned from. And now we're just like hanging out. Like it was just a really um, kind of a cool thing for me. So I really like that. That was the like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is this is like official now. So how long was that transition between being an attendee for the first time and ending up on stage? It was about five years. Um, right. The other the really funny thing. So I actually I met I met a woman at the very first conference who like she was still in college at the time. Mm-hmm going to school for computer science and she ended up getting her first job through artifact as well through this like apprenticeship program that was announced by one of the companies that was speaking there so divya sasad hadran who now works at netlify as a dev relations uh, specialist but she was a speaker at the event last year too and so we met at the very first one that ever ran before our careers started got our first jobs from the conference and then we're both there as speakers. And that was just like a really kind of awesome moment for me. I felt like really like full circle and it was great to see Divya again. And uh, it was just a really awesome kind of thing. Chris, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? For me today, like I'm, I'm probably like seven or eight years into trying to do this now. And The thing that excites me today is the same thing that got me excited when I first started, being able to have an idea and make it come to life. Um, I'm someone who really enjoys making things. My website is gomakethings.com, so that probably makes sense, but I am terrible at working with my hands. Like I can't, I'm not good at woodworking. Um, I tried to do some like robotic stuff back in the day and that was kind of an utter failure, but I I really like, I like, and I'm not particularly talented as an artist, but I like making things and web development provides me with a way to do that. I I can have an idea for something and then make it happen. Like one of the things I like to do just for fun um, is sometimes come up with like, not come up with games, but I'll take like a, a game that I like to play and I'll try and make like a web browser version of it just for fun. And as I look at kind of where the industry is headed, it's really awesome to see more tools, new techniques, new native browser methods, um, new technology that makes even more stuff possible. So like at last year's Artifact Conference that I spoke at, Sarah Drasner gave this awesome talk on virtual reality features in the browser. They're still kind of in development right now, but you know this is kind of where the industry is headed. And I think about all the cool stuff you'll be able to make in five or 10 years as this technology matures. And that's so awesome. It's so exciting. It is, definitely. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. You ready for this? Absolutely. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? It was literally just the thrill of going from idea to, I made this thing and it works. It's just really exciting. What is the best career advice you've ever received? 
best career advice I've ever received is um, honestly, it's what I mentioned at the beginning, networking. Um, I think uh, I think it was actually my dad who told me that. But um, yeah, networking has had such a huge impact on my career. And conversely, what is the worst career advice you've ever received? That you have to stay in a job for at least a year before you look for a new one. It's kind of this weird myth we have, I think, is a carryover from when people used to stay in the same job at the same company for their entire life. But if you're in a job and you know it's absolutely a terrible fit and you've only been there a couple of months, you are not just doing yourself a favor by leaving before the year is up. You're doing the company a favor, too, because if you leave after a year, they're going to have to start all over with someone new who might otherwise stick around for a couple of years and they get more kind of value out of that training. So the earlier you know something's not a good fit, I don't think there's anything wrong with bailing early as long as that's not not something you make a habit of. Like if you've done that two or three jobs in a row, maybe the problem is you, but like every now and then it's not a huge deal. Yeah. If you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? Ooh, that's a really good question. I might cry, to be honest. Um, the uh, So I learned at this, um, this kind of sweet spot in the space where um, a lot of stuff browsers do for you natively was about as easy as it used to be using something like jQuery. Like things had gotten a lot better natively. And so you could just open up a text editor and browser and make some pretty cool stuff just using what comes out of the box. And I, I look at the way we build things for the web today, and it's really, really overwhelming. Um, so I know that's not actually kind of what you're trying to get at with this question. I would probably, um, uh, I wouldn't get a computer science, nothing against people who have computer science degrees, but the industry changes so much. I would want to test the waters before I drop that kind of time and money. I would probably take a couple of really small, short courses rather than like going to a boot camp or something, and then try and build some stuff and just see if I liked it or not. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? For me, it's personally, it's, it's growing my business more. So um, the JavaScript education stuff I do is on the side in addition to a J job. And I have been focused on trying to make that a bigger thing so that I can reach more people and um, hopefully maybe ideally some way make that my full-time job. Yes. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Communication. And I don't think that's just kind of for me. I think um, it's one of the most important skills that a developer can have or an IT professional, especially as you become more and more senior. Even if you're still someone who's really close to the code and you're you're doing like really detailed and technical development work, being able to explain to other people, especially people more junior than you, um, or at a peer level to you, what you've done and why is really, really important. It elevates the skills of everybody on your team. It's one of the things I, I think a lot of people in our industry struggle with. And I also think it's one of the most important skills you can have. What do you do to keep your own career energized? helping other people. Honestly, for me, this was, I was a real toss up for me about the, like, um, the IT career highlight. One of the things that still consistently makes me most excited about what I do is when I work with someone who's really struggled before or is struggling to kind of wrap their head around JavaScript or just web development in general and how things work and to see like the pieces slowly fall into place and click for them. And like, I've had a couple of folks who legitimately like thought they wanted to give up and not work in this space anymore. And then they have this aha moment 
and become really confident and start teaching other people. And that is, that for me gets me just so hyped up. It's super cheesy, but it makes me feel really proud to see people go from like, ah, I think I want to quit to like, oh my God, I've got this. It's just a really exciting thing. Yeah. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Uh, so I'm a nerd. So I like to play Magic the Gathering. Um, I <laughs> have been trying to break into Dungeons and Dragons um, just because I'm sick of spending lots of money on Magic cards every time a new set comes out. I also like to get away from computer screens and um, just be outdoors. I'm very lucky to live in a bit more of a rural environment. So I'm a little bit like um, Snow White in the summertime. We have some bird feeders and flowering bushes near my deck. So I'll work outside and I'll have like butterflies land on the table where I'm working. And that's just kind of like a really, uh, just a really nice thing. Yeah, that is. And Chris, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career and a jazz audience? If I had one maybe final piece of career advice for folks, I think the kind of the most important thing that you can do is to share what you know. I can't stress enough how important that has been for my own career development. And it doesn't have to be anything big. It could be just be one-on-one with like a coworker or someone else you know. But I found that the moment where I really know how something works is when I've tried to explain it to someone else. Like it's one thing to have a concept in your head and be able to kind of make it work on a screen. But when you actually sit down and explain to someone else why something happens or how to do something and they start asking questions and poking holes in it, you learn areas where maybe you don't know as much about something as you thought you did. You become better about articulating how things work and understanding why they work. So yeah, I think just teaching teaching everything you know to as many people as possible is a, a really good thing to do. And it can open up a lot of new doors for you um, unexpectedly. Yes. Yeah, I think it's also sort of that reinforcement of your own knowledge as well. And, and potentially it gets you to go deeper into that subject. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I am one of the, one of the reasons I ended up doing vanilla JavaScript specifically is I had written a handful of articles on how to do thing that you would do in jQuery without it. And, um, I had a couple of people be like, Oh, you're the vanilla JS guy. And I'm like, Oh, I I guess I am. And it just kind (laughs) of, kind of stuck from there, but that only happened because I was sharing these things in real time as I was learning them. So yeah, share what you know. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah, the um, my internet home is at gomakethings.com. I am going to put together um, or put together some resources around some of the career stuff that we talked about, Phil, uh, at gomakethings.com slash IT career energizer, all one word. Okay. Uh, including, um, I actually wrote a career guide for web developers uh, based on kind of my behind the scenes knowledge of HR. Um, so your readers can grab that completely for free. Um, I'll drop a link to that. Great. Yeah. So we'll uh, make sure that's included in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And uh, yeah, if anybody has questions about anything or just wants to chat, learn more about what I do, um, feel free to head over to my site and shoot me an email. I read everyone. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, Phil, thanks for having me. This This was a really good time. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. 
thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.